thank God for your life today. We want to learn something. Now, uh, I was working on Second Timothy uh, 3, but uh, I decided that there is this thing that is on my heart. And uh, I want us to start something. Uh, maybe we will get back to Second Timothy along the line but I want us to start equipping ourselves because it's 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 very crucial hallelujah yeah today I want to talk to you about something I call my my calling and my age because we say my calling and my age say it again my calling and my age hallelujah is it not a powerful thing to talk about my calling and my age now I want you to think about these things. You see, many of us, we have a, a wrong understanding about the callings of God. There are many of us, we think that uh, the call of God is upon certain people and, and God will call Adam. Say, Lady Reverend Adam, I have called you by thee. And I want you to be a preacher of the gospel unto the nations. And you see a vision and a light will appear. And you enter into heaven and you see thrones and angels. Say, yes, I've been called into the, into the ministry. Hallelujah. I told you that uh, since the Lord called me, I, 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 nobody, nobody gave me a prophecy. Nobody said anything to me. I called myself into the ministry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. I said that many, many seasons ago when we were growing up in God, uh, both from my bishop's place and on campus, there was never a time where a prophecy came and said, you, this young man of God, God has called you into the ministry. Uh, uh, maybe you are going to be a pastor or an evangelist or a teacher or a prophet or an apostle. I've never received anything like that ever in my life. Nobody, even apart from those things, normal, normal prophecy. Abba, prophecy, the encounter, me, I also Amen. But nobody, nobody prophesied to me. Uh, I, I, strangely, I've never received any prophecy. Uh, anything close to God has called you. No. But I believe that. The calling of God is upon everybody. See, the calling of God is on my life. Yeah? Especially anybody that is listening to me tonight. I believe that you have a call of God. Paul said in Ephesians, let's, let's, let's see Ephesians chapter 3, the verse number 8. Paul said, this is a common statement, but I want us to look at it quickly. He said, Although I am less than the least of all of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach.
preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Here, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He's saying that although I am the I am less than the least, he didn't say that I was. Look at the statement. He didn't say that I was less than. He said what? I am less than the least of all God's people. This grace was given to you. So although I am less than the least, so there is a class of people, they are the least of God's people. But Paul is saying that I am less than the least of God's people, but this grace was given unto me to preach the unsearchable riches of God unto the Gentiles, the least. There is there is the call of God upon every single person, even to the least. Hallelujah. That is honorable. You see, whether we like it or not, no matter how we are, we are the ones God has called. Hallelujah. And he expects us to be carriers of the message. Amen and amen. He said, Paul said that I am, I am the least. In fact, I am less than the least. So that if you go into the people God called, Jesus called, while he was on earth, there is nobody I can compare myself to. And yet, God still found me worthy to commit unto me the unsearchable mysteries, the unsearchable riches of God, for me to be a preacher unto the Gentiles. So I wrote that one and I said that uh, everybody, no matter who you are, no matter how dishonorable, so long as you are called of God to do something, to preach. Not to just do something, but to preach. Hallelujah. To do the work of God, to do the work of ministry. So long as you are in the house of God, you are called. Now, the, what I, I really want to talk about today, I, I wanted to lay that background, is that the, many of us, we are mistaken. We think that, so Apostle Samuel will look at him, he said, oh, I am I'm only a young man. You know, when he thinks of great, great things, he's thinking about when I reach a certain age, there are certain things that I need to accomplish in my life, in my ministry, in, in this and in that and in that. There are many of us also, for when we come to church, oh dear, let, let, let me drop this one and then just focus here a little before I come there. There are many of us when we come to church, we see the call of God as something strange, something that uh, should be reserved for a group of people just think about it if the whole of takradi is to be discipled if the whole of takradi is to be, to be discipled the people in repairs alone can do it even church members we can't disciple the city of takradi we are close to six hundred thousand people in this city and if every single one of us is to be a minister then we are looking about one person to about 600 people are you understanding me? And that one is impossible. Nobody can do. In fact, one person to 50 crown is difficult. Somebody says, ah, but somebody has a church of 10,000. He, he only preaches on Sunday. And that network of people keep the people together. But the people like Kanu, should God bless this ministry and we are like 5,000, the people are probably I'll know are the ones I'm speaking to today. I'm telling you, it's impossible for you to disciple correctly more than 50 people. Is it true? Oh, it's true. Now, just think about your life. One casa, five people cry, it's not easy. Yeah, to disciple them very well, five people is not easy. And that is the reason why I believe that the call of God is upon the church. Because this pastor can do very little. Are you understanding me? Hello? 
Yes, sir. This pastor can do very little. So I believe that as Jane is sitting there right now, the call of God is upon her life powerfully. She needs to she needs to have this mindset in her no matter how small she is no matter how insignificant she is god still found her worthy to call her what you say and she didn't call her to buy clothes or to or to or to dress nicely god called her to preach to be a preacher amen and amen oh hello at the old dana is somebody sleeping in the house because i'm saying god has called you you are angry you don't want God to call you. Who do you want to call? Who do you want to call you? You want the devil to call you. <laughs> amen and amen. Paul said, I'm less than the least. So that is honorable amongst us. It doesn't matter. You see, I wrote that one. I said that. You see, the call of God doesn't, you know, any spiritual maturity as him. It has nothing to do with that. You let me go and let, let, let me go ahead with my message. Amen and amen. Because we say my age and my calling. There are many people we, we confuse the call of God with our growth in the spirit. Take your time and follow me. You know, there are many of us, we look at our, look at focus. Focus is a young man. So uh, today he thinks that, oh, you no, know, I can have the luxury of enjoying myself for some time. But I want to tell you something that when it comes to the call of God, I don't know who, who you listen to, but it has got nothing to do with how old a person is. Now, do you understand that? Yeah. It has got nothing to, how, to do with how old a person is. In the Bible, in fact, there was a king. Kings were called. I showed you at King's Conference that a true king was anointed. And the kingly anointing is a calling of God. You remember? Yes, sir. There was a king in the Bible. He started reigning at the age of seven. He was raised by a priest. And at the age of seven, he reigned in 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 in, 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 the, in, in the Bible. Let's let's see. The name of the king is it's okay. I want us to read. Second Kings 11 21. Second Kings 11 21. Second Kings 11 21. Let's see what is happening there. He said that Joash was seven years old when he began to hold reign you see the kingly anointing that the lord called kings his anointed so it was a calling like he called david god didn't call david to be a prophet he called him to be hot oh he called him to be hot a king so the kingly anointing, he called him to lead his people what you say? So the kingly anointing was a call, and somebody was seven years, and God still anointed that guy for that guy to become the leader of the people. I need you to understand that when it comes to the call of God, what who you are, what you have accomplished in your age, especially your age, is insignificant. Amen and amen. Oh, amen and amen. So that if Apostle Sammy knew this, Inka by now, no, Inka he. I'm sure the way he will be running with the word of God and the things of God, he would have doubled his speed. There are countless people I want to refer to in scripture and, and in our lives and in history. They were very, very young when the Lord started to use them. I was once listening to the man of God, Bob Jones. He's a prophet in the United States, an old prophet. He's, he's probably dead. Is Bob Jones dead? I don't know. And the man said that when he was nine years, he was called into the prophetic ministry. Hallelujah. Nine years. He said he started seeing visions into the prophetic. Nine 
nine years. Now he has prophesied all the days of his life, and there is credibility to the prophetic ministry that he operates. In in we have a church we call it the spoken word, where deeper life came from. That church, the preacher, the, the man that started the church, William Marion Braham, was called around the age of twelve years. He was seeing visions and was encountering angels. There is there is you see when Apostle Sammy sits here now, he's probably twenty something, and you are thinking he's thinking that. Uh, he's too young, for instance, to build a church like maybe uh, in Takrade. Let me see a big church, a big church like maybe Star of the Sea Cathedral. It's a big church. And Apostle sitting there now is thinking, say, Oh, me, I'm a young man to, to do these things. And, and I look at Apostle and I say, This guy, he doesn't understand what the call of God means. And Wilfred is sitting down and, and he looks at a certain bishop, and the bishop had to develop pot belly before he was able to build a, 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 a big church and a big ministry and a fantastic ministry and Wilfred is saying oh I'm growing in the Lord I'll get there and I'm thinking what is this guy talking about are you understanding me the call of God has nothing to do with how old a person is are you understanding me you can be young both physically and in the spirit and still move powerfully I'm telling you there is nothing like maturity when it comes to the call and if you are sitting down, some of us want us to want to grow spiritually before we can do the work of the ministry. If I tell you the kind of people that spoke the gospel and converted people, it will amaze you. Patriot here, you don't need to grow so much in, in the things of God in order to, to, to for God to use you for the call of God in your life to be manifested. There are many of us we come to church. I can't pray like the way Odifo, Odifo Wolfred and Apostle Sammy. I can't pray like the way they are praying. It means that I don't think I can do the work of God like that. No. Amen and amen. No, no, listen to me. There is an equipping. I understand that. But my point is said the call has it has no bearing and found. So don't wait to pray like the way the prayer papa prays. Before you can go and preach something. The guys who are preaching in town, they can't pray like you do. And yet they are preaching. And I mean what? Yeah. So the call of God has nothing to do with that. And so the, your age, this, this one is very crucial. That's why I, I term the message, my call and my age. Now, in uh, 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 there is a great preacher. The name of the preacher is called Charles Spurgeon. All of you know Spurgeon. Yeah. When Spurgeon was around the age of 20, he started preaching. Now listen to me. He preached, preached, preached 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 sorry when he was around the age of 16 he started preaching now at the age of 20 listen to me charles pegion had a church the congregation was eight thousand. Apostle, can you hear that at the age of 20 go and do your research charles pegion church it was around eight thousand members started preaching at 16 you how old are you and you look at one man of God because he developed pot belly before he started doing great things. You, you have also pegged your impact in ministry around a certain age. It is an error. It is a great error. It is a great deception. At 20, Spurgeon had the church. You know that he could do crusades and 8,000 people would come home. He, he was pastoring an 8,000 congregation at the age of 20. Now you want to be 45 before you, 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 you can have a church of eight. Listen, if we are not doing it, it doesn't mean God doesn't release the grace. It means that we are not appropriating the grace very well. Every day I tell you that I am operating at less than 20% of my capacity. That's the reason why I say some of these things. Because I hear me say, the same grace that was available to them is available to us. If we are not getting there, we are not appropriating it. 
Are you understanding me? Hello? Focus as he sits here. He's more than 20 years. He doesn't even have one member. Hallelujah. Spurgeon had 8,000 members at age 20. When Focus hears this, he shouldn't sit down somewhere and say that, oh, God graced him. But you, God doesn't grace you. Hallelujah. The guys that started Methodism, Methodists are sorry. In fact, the real founder is not John Wesley. The real founder should be Whitefield because that's what that is what we know. Anybody, any credible historian knows that Whitefield was the founder together with John Wesley and his brother Charles Wesley. But Whitefield was more or less somebody that those days uh, we, we call it sensationalism when you do a little bit of history in those days uh, the the matured guy amongst the people that were that were into ministry was whitefield everybody knows it the contemporaries will tell you so he intentionally made wesley the head of the methodist movement but he was the guy that started preaching and doing crusades are you understanding me so this guy without a microphone at the age of 21 preached to about eighty thousand people without a microphone is it not amazing 21 years you are 35 you are 25 you haven't even preached to 200 people <laughs> hallelujah and you say oh i'm waiting Papa when he was 45 he broke through i'm sure around 44 years my miracle will come you'll be there and die the same way you were born am i preaching to somebody oh come on i said am i preaching to somebody Yes, sir. The mature Whitefield. He, 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 he made Wesley the leader of the movement. But any credible historian will tell you that he was the guy. He gathered the crowds. He was preaching. Now, I love the discipline of the man. It is said that in every week, he preached about 13 sermons. Every week. Every day. No preacher, no panier. You make two different messages. So, in every week, averagely, he preached 13 sermons. Whitefield. Those were the guys. Are you understanding me? gentleman by all standards you just think about it too and 21 years old when we think about these things we think that they were senior ministers no they were not senior they were no more senior than we are now are you understanding me hello but you won't do the work of the ministry you when you get up in the morning you stay in the house you eat you call friends about something says i'm an apostle the only time he's an apostle is when we are casting demons in church you know you won't do the work of the ministry and, and and the truth of the matter is that the difference is that they will do the work are you understanding me they will do the work they will do the discipleship they will do the they, they will work they will preach the gospel they were not slacking you 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 see today i don't know i don't know what is happening to this generation but this generation myself included i'm not speaking to we are speaking to ourselves this generation we don't know we like the beautiful things in church but the hard work we don't want to do Nobody wants to go out there and preach. Nobody will be on person. Oh, come to church. I, I, I. Next week I'll come. And then you go and wait for the person. The person will tell you, oh, somebody called me. Nobody wants to go through that stress. Are you understanding me? After all, it's your life. If you won't serve God, die. Are you understanding me? But these men were different. So, you see, but you want to preach. You, you want to preach to thousand people you can't even get. Why feel 80,000 without microphone? And you wonder how they were hearing him. Say, so on Tikrampa, they want to be there. You hire lineries and go and start that team polypack. Nobody will come. Hallelujah. You hire heavy speakers. The kind that you can hear from Ankesim. Go and start that team poly. Not a single soul will come. 
But these guys they didn't have microphones, gathered 80,000 people. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. I said, Hallelujah. Yes, sir. We need to understand that it, it is about it is about the work. It is about what? It is about the work. Nobody is in the Bible who was called a housewife. God called you. I've called you. You are a housewife. Are you understanding me? If you are in church, you are called. And your primary thing is to preach. Wherever you are, you have to preach. They have to know that there is something about you that is different. Somebody said, I need to get oil. What oil? What the oil here then? Are you going to fry an egg or what? What do you need oil to do? You want to go and preach the word, do you need oil? Hallelujah. People are, you see, people are doing it shamelessly and taking money. And all you know is criticize. You won't even preach to yourself. One kasan hunkra preaching to yourself is a problem. Look at someone say preach the word. I didn't hear you. I said, look at somebody say preach the word. Yeah. You don't need to be a good expositor. Are you there? Some people they want to wait and be and be and be and be very clean and concise, fantastic finesse. When they start speaking, everybody will know Charlie. This guy is a deep man. No, catch you with Some of the people we know who were great men, they didn't preach great messages. Yeah, they didn't preach great messages, but they did fantastically well in the ministry. Amen and amen. So you are called as Stephen is there, he's called. So you see, sometimes I, I, I wonder, the other day I, I, I sat down, I said that some people think that ministry is an honor to, 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 to want, something something honorable that we want, a lot of the men of God. We don't know that ministry is a burden to carry. Hallelujah. It is not something honorable that we want to engage, we want to engage in and then we want, it is a burden to carry. If we don't have this mindset, we will take the easier path and we will be disgraced. I read me, we will have very little impact. It is not something. Hallelujah. This week, I told Papa Nezu, let's go and take money. There is a man of God in serious trouble. We need to send him money. Because I sat on my manhole one evening. And I was trying, and I said, I was just thinking, meditating. All of a sudden, this man of God, I said, Damn, I come so strongly. I didn't see a vision, I didn't hear anything from God. And I said, Damn, I come so strongly. I took my phone the next day. I called the man of God, Man of God, what is happening? He said, They are evicting me from my house. That is what is happening. You took me from me, fear me, rent us from You took me from me, fear. This is an honorable minister, not the kind that will stand by the roadside and take people's money. Or the kind that will raise unnecessary funds and chop the money in their stomach. They are victim. I say, Papa, let's do. Let's go and take money. We have to pay tight, whether it is time for tight or not. Are you understanding me? Ministry, it is not something. You see, today, young Apostle Sammy, when he thinks about ministry, he thinks about Papa Adiboy. Papa Adiboy is coming. Hey, Charlie, God, that man. He's a great man. Oh, and Sammy is happy. Hallelujah. Apostle <laughs> Sammy. The things about Papa Adiboye. There was one guy on campus. <laughs> I used to know him from AGCM. We used to go for behind the view. I said, Man of God, do you know what I like about the men of God? I know that one day I'll be there. I said, What do you like? He said, What I love the most is when you are going, see the way the billboard is huge. Everybody can see their face. I love that. Hallelujah. Yeah, one of the sons of Okrodipa. 
I'll never forget that guy. He said, Man of God, when I see their faces, it's like something is attracting me. I know that one day in my spirit, I'll be there. Can you see that? But ministry is hard work. Tell somebody it's hard work. And listen to me. And it's not hard work for Pastor Ibu. It is hard work for Rev. It is hard work for you. It is hard work for everybody. You know, we need to have this mindset. We are called. We are hot. Yeah. Francis, today the Lord spoke to me about you. We are called. How many people? You just think about it. How many people do I call even in a month? We need to understand that. So Apostle Kevin has a calling on his life. And his calling is not is not Jaden and and and, and uh, Madame Edith. No, his calling is the ministry. <laughs> Hallelujah. His calling is the ministry. Hallelujah. Yeah. And if we want to, if we want to really do the work of God, we, we need to understand that we are called and there is something important. Now, some, some of us, we think, you see, I think that how much we give ourselves would determine uh, how much God will trust us with certain things. Look at me. The Bible said in 1 Samuel chapter 3, I want us to read this scripture. I love this scripture. Anytime I get there, I say, good day. Increase my oil. 1 King, 1 Samuel, the chapter number 3, the chapter number three. Okay, let's let's read the verse one first. The verse one. What does the verse one say? Let's read together. One, two, three, go. The boy. Everybody say boy. Okay, let's read it. One, two, three, go. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Ellie. Look at it. The boy. I love that one. The hot. The boy. Not the man. Not the young man. But what? The boy. You, right now, you are not even a young man. You are a young adult. In fact, you are entering into a, a puberty. A, 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 puberty. Baby, baby, You are heading to menopause. And something different. Hallelujah. Yeah, you are entering into menopause. Look at what the Bible is saying. He said that the boy Samuel ministered. This is not the young man. He said the boy. The boy Samuel. Rev, is it powerful? Yeah. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. The boy Samuel. Young boy. When the Bible says somebody is a boy, you understand who a boy is. Yeah. And this guy was ministering. You you are not a boy anymore. Apostle Sammy, are you a boy? No. Your mother calls you Sammy boy when you were 12. Now you are Sammy man. Yeah. He's no longer a boy. Are you there? How many of us are boys? Many of us are now young men. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. I don't see any boy in this house anymore. All of us are young men. But the boy Samuel, when he was still a boy, he ministered. And the part that I love about this whole narrative is that the Bible said, we know that the Bible said that without, without any controversy, the less is blessed of the greater. But there is something interesting that happens here. It makes me think so. so 
Sometimes, if we don't take care and we don't do our work well, eh, our nakedness will be exposed to the next generation. Look at the senior prophet, Eli. The guy has served God all the days of his life. He was close to 100 years when Samuel was still a boy. Now, God called Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Samuel couldn't even realize. It took Eli to point him out. And look at the next thing God said to Samuel. Immediately, Samuel recognized God's voice. Look at what the, the, the verse number 11. Look at what God said. God said something to Samuel. The verse number 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears, who hears of a tangle come down. Look, at that time, I'll carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. Look at this. God calls a small boy and start telling him that the senior prophet is in error and that he's going to pass judgment on the senior prophet. And you are here saying that when it comes to the work of the ministry, God will consider the senior. There is nothing like that. If God, when I think about it, it blows my mind. This boy was only a boy, but Eli and his sons, the sons of Eli were misbehaving. And God sent a prophet to tell Eli, Eli, you this, 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 this. And the day God caught Samuel, bang, Samuel didn't hear. Eli says, Go, go catch it and say, Speak for thy servant here. And Samuel said, Lord, speak for thy servant here. And the first thing God said was that Eli is a bad guy. Can you see that? no no read it also let's go up and see whether the preacher is lying this is the first thing god told samuel the first ever word samuel heard from god was that your senior is disadvantaged the guy you call your superior have rejected him somebody would think that god would have looked for a more senior man of god to say these things to but the young boy who hasn't even cut his teeth in ministry these are the first things god is telling him there is nothing like a young man there is nothing like boy. You are too old. In fact, you are even too old for God to use you. Don't sit there and say, I'm young. I'm waiting for when. My, when is your time? Your time is now. The boy Samuel. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. God could come down. The verse 10. The Lord came again and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. God could come down. And the Lord said unto Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel. That will make the ears of anyone who hears of it. Thank you. Come down. At that time, I will carry out against your boss everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. Go, go, calm down. Go, calm down. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves content, contemptible and he failed to listen. Look at this young preacher. The first thing God is telling him is reporting a senior to him. Hallelujah. It's about... The, the capacity of the person how the person is willing to go into the things of god you are here you are 35 years somebody is 12 years he's your senior in the spirit yeah i'm telling you he's your senior oh now a senior i'm a man of god now i grow me now oh that down i'm not preaching to somebody i'm not preaching to somebody i said you want to be can you i say hey i'm dead Somebody said I'm dead all these years for nothing. <laughs> it is not for nothing. Please. <laughs> we are growing. Say we are growing. Say by the word. <laughs> you are grown. I mean, yeah, some boy, some boy right now, some yaswan issue. When we say no, ministry, no, I catch it. 
Yeah, by now, someone should have about, about 50 people directly at 50 no so over 50 under. But the only people someone has, it's okay. I'll go into yours. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is it powerful? Oh, is it powerful? Yeah. So we are yourself i'm not too young tell us in fact i'm a minion to catch a minion to do steve oh you are growing oh by now in cast even oh mounty crusade waha everybody is hearing about you but strangely the devil has managed to convince all of us that we are too young but we are not young what you are saying by the time david went to king Saul. And they asked him, why do you think you can defeat Goliath? Historians unanimously agree that he was probably around the age of 16 or 17. Because a lot of us say that he killed Goliath at 17. He could have even been younger. They looked at him. He was a boy. He was what? A boy. When he approached King Saul. So King Saul said, are you boy? What are you doing here? Why do you think you are going to kill him? Look at what David said. David said that when I take my father's sheep out, and the bears and the lion, they come, and they want to attack them. Sometimes I strike them and I kill them. At 16, at 15, at 14, David was killing lions and bears. I said that there is no, there is not a, an age ascribed to spiritual responsibility. There are many of us who think that we can only be responsible spiritually at a certain age. It is not true. At 14, 15, at 13, David was fighting lions and what and bears. At 17, he killed the giant Goliath. It didn't matter the age. Somebody was 36 and had had 24 battles and he was still afraid of Goliath. But what he has said, it, it doesn't take age. It doesn't take age. It doesn't take age. Spiritual responsibility is a matter of decision. What he has said, so at, your, at the age of 15, you can pull down strongholds. What he has said, I call it spiritual responsibility. He said, I fought lions and I fought bears. It said demonic strongholds. At young ages, somebody said that deliverance. Hey, Charlie, these things mature men in ministry. Who told you? What does maturity have to do with casting out devils? But what he has said, casting out devils is a word. It's a revelation in our spirit. What has maturity got to do with it? Are you understanding me? There are days when we need to get up and say that we can do it. We want to do it. We have to do it. When did God put an age to it? Are you understanding me? He said that at 17, he told King Saul, when a bear came, when a lion came, I fought it. What have you fought? Every day you postpone. When I am of age, when I'm able to put on an armor, I'll fight Goliath. That age will never come. Because the people that was trying to wait for that age, the age anybody, they were more than, they were even over age, and yet they never fought Goliath. What you here? David said, I can't wear this armor. I don't need to be old enough. I don't need to be mature enough to win this battle. Hallelujah. Say spiritual responsibility. Say I'll be responsible in the spirit. You have served God for seven years and there are still strongholds in your life. You have served God for 12 years. There are still strongholds. You can't even you can't even look at a soul and say that I prayed for this soul. I want this soul. I brought him. I took him out of a stronghold. And I brought him into the things of God. You can't even name one. The work of the ministry. All you think about is how you want to make money. And how this. And how that. And how this. And how that. 
it's amazing now along this particular scripture maybe i'll i'll, I'll dwell on it a little and then we, we are out of here now in israel follow me when they wanted to choose people to go to war okay well, let's go numbers numbers the chapter number one the verse number two the book of numbers about numbering of course so then the book of numbers the chapter number one okay well, thank you he said take a census of the whole israelites community by their clans of the israel community by their clans and families listing every man by name one by one could you come down look at this you and aaron are to number by their divisions all the men in israel 20 years old or more who are able to serve in the army so the qualification for somebody to enter into military service in israel was the age of what was the age of what 20 years but we know that of the tribes of israel there is a particular tribe called the levite and the levite didn't participate in war oh if i was there around that time i would have been a levite because me i don't like war hallelujah i don't want to die early i want to live long Amen. <laughs> so even if they born me a Rubenite, I'll commit suicide and come a Levite. Okay. So the Levites were never they, they were never counted amongst the fighting men. Can you see that? Now, so uh, 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 God said to them, they wanted to let's go numbers again. Numbers, numbers. I think the chapter number three, the verse number fourteen, the verse number fifteen. Let's see something. Numbers three, fourteen, fifteen. So we see that the age for fighting men was what twenty. Now let's look at the age for ministry. The Lord said to Moses in the desert of Sinai, come down. Count the Levites by their families and clans. Count every male a month old or more. Look at someone say one month. <laughs> look at someone say one month. So you see the difference. The fighting men, they said that they needed somebody who was what? 20 and above. But when it came to Levite, the priest, the men that would do ministry, they said they needed somebody who was what? One month and about. Odivo, yeah, bro. Why did you buy 50 months? Look at what this guy say. He said, I count the Levites by their families and clans. Count every male a month old or more. That is it. For the work of the ministry, as young as one month, you are called. Can I say, hey, <laughs> you are here. Say, oh, well, when I finish school, I'll, I'll be sick. I'll do ministry. I'll win souls. One month. Hallelujah. Somebody say, oh, this my girlfriend. She's disturbing me. When I break up with her, I'll be a pastor. Fire, more fire. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, I say, oh, Charlie, this girl there, yeah, Charlie, I go dog him. I dog him no my oil cam. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So one month old. 
it was the criteria for the work of the ministry i love this one so anytime i see myself sometimes i look at some of the great revivalists of old some of 16 years amazing things amazing things last time i was listening into bones sometimes when i read some of the some of the things about the senior man of god somebody said ah, uh, when i married like that i was listening to the man of god bill johnson he said that when i married i was 20 my wife was 18. I started, you know, and sometimes when you look at their age, or catch say, I'm 40 years in ministry, and the man is around uh, 55 years. You you just know that the guy started preaching at a very young age. But what you are saying? Yes, sir. And no, now you see, so you listen to the whites, and when you listen to their age in ministry, do you know when Benny started preaching crusades? And you're preaching, Keko, preaching and Kasasi crusade. Yeah. You, you, when you're in university, you preach one message, Buddha, and you are still alive. First, we need to come and see me. Do your will for me. Let me pray for you and submit your soul to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Whitefoot was preaching 13 messages a week. You know. Now, you see, I have to tell you these things. You know. Our work as fathers. Let me show you something. About Sammy has two daughters. Say, my daughter's in the Lord. Spirit man or daughters bear 20. No, daughters in the law. It's, it's amazing. But listen to me. Our work as fathers, it is not to show our sons what we have. No. Every true father's responsibility is to train their child. And yes, look at my Lamborghini. You know, who does that? What you say? Even if Papa is responsible, Pampa, Uswa, or person hide away the pleasure and your man in life. Do you know that? If the father is responsible, um, Peter will be exposed to all those things because he feels he said it has a way it can affect your soul. Dubon say one man, um, so you're better than your friends and all that. In Dubon say, Ebi or Hokrampa no she will do. They will be a benyano. That's how good fathers behave. So the good fathers, our aim is not to show our children I can prophesy, I can cast out devils. Look at me. I want you to know that God has called me. Call fire upon it. No. That is not what we seek to do as fathers in the spirit. Oh, some of us I look at some of us coming up and because sometimes we want we, we want to show our sons that what we are able to do. No, no father does that. But what I say by default, by default, anybody who are able to birth in the spirit, anybody, there is no point in trying to show off. by default, Oh no, when the child goes out, he thinks his father is the guyest person on earth. And I mean, without even boasting. Into by default, if you birth the person or you do anything about children, what you can do. No father does that. What 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 becomes on us? What 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 is required of us as fathers is to replicate ourselves in them. That is the success of the father, to show them, to train them. To bring them up in the way they are supposed to be, not to show them what we can do. But yes, yeah. So you call your sons. Child, I want to prophesy. See my oil. Everybody, when you go out, everybody know your father is deep. Oh, hey, Charlie, this is your father he has mysteries. So and so what? And your child has not even a single mystery. Your child has sat under you for five years. He can't preach a good word. And yet, when the father preaches, you want to hide. You want to run for cover. Hey, Charlie, this man is deep. Not even two sons that can preach the same way. That one is not fatherhood. Though. That one is not what? Fatherhood. 
your passion for prayer, your passion for the ministry, it should be replicated in the people that are around you. If spirit man comes here and comes to pray, and the doctors see spirit man and they don't like prayer, that is not fatherhood. So bomb the daughter stated, look at my father's spirit. He's a prayer warrior. And the daughters will go around, see my father, the spirit man. Papa Ben. Papa Papa Ben. Hallelujah. And 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 there is nothing to show in their lives. That is not what we seek to do. So as uh, uh, Tospino goes and go, goes to meet his people, say, ah, Charlie, Papa Tospi. Papa, the old senior man. Oh, hey, Charlie, this man of God. <laughs> when he's coming, the daughters will surround him. Papa. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the daughters will leave school. After three months, they have forgotten every prayer you prayed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. I should be confident that if focus has a nightmare, he should get up in the night and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke any demon. That should be my confidence. My confidence is not that focus has a nightmare. Papa, <laughs> today I almost died. You almost died in your dream and you call me. I said, by the authority on me as an bishop, I curse that demon. You know, that is what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, focus will call. The, 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 the focus daughter will call for focus, focus. Papa, focus. Papa, focus. This night, yes, my God has saved you. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is why you need to bring the tithes and the offerings. My God will speak for you. Say, Amen, Papa. Amen. Focus will be going around collecting tithes. Say, focus. Hallelujah. My confidence should be that the moment focus gets up in the night and discovers a string demon, he gets up and said, Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. And the word of the Lord in his spirit will begin to resonate. That's really my confidence. Not that I have a papa, I'll call him. He will fix this. Your papa is not God. Your papa has some things to fix in his life too. What he has here? Your papa has so many burdens. Your papa that oh, oh papa now until you die now. Or bring What he has here? So start fixing your life. Tell somebody fix your life. Fix your life. <laughs> 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 Am I preaching to somebody? Yeah. No. There is a place of honor. Maybe my time is out, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you see there is a place of honor for fathers because there are some people they fall immediately their fathers are not around i believe that when joash this king we we talked about that he reigned at the age of seven that guy was the guy that atalia you remember atalia atalia was trying to stop now, the priest that helped Joash to become the king, Jehoiada. Now, that guy watched the steps of that guy. In the Bible said that he was, he was flawless. In fact, he told them, repair the temple. He was a very zealous guy. But the moment that priest, Jehoiada, the moment the guy died, the good king Joash turned evil. Sometimes our fathers are our giants. I don't dis I, I don't discount that. But what you are saying, but the ability to replicate ourselves in their children 
and the how much we, we, we have done the work of fathers. No father is proud to tell everybody that at 35 years, at 40 years, on one and bed Papa Ben no around kekasa Oh, I just have a panonya papa. But the father is proud at 27. Ah, look at my son, he's building. What you say? That's how fathers behave. So you, your child is always calling you in the spirit. And Wolfred, they will call you Wolfred. Odifo, Odifo, and then they want shemi amegu. It's a man of God. Or catch a woman of God. Receive one right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. No father is proud of a son like that. Will you want your son to be like that? No. At 35, 40 years. So one word we are not And your son is 45 and he's telling you commit suicide as a mother. But the spirit is amazing. We are happy. What you say? Sammy's daughter will come to Sammy. Sammy, Charlie, last, last month's prayer was fire. This man, let's repeat it. If you want to pray, pray. Why do I have to repeat it with you? And Pablo me I don't me movie, I don't know. Is it powerful? God will bless you. Continue. I hope you love the way. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I've decided to do is that Wednesdays I will I will fuse both the character development and the ministry training together. Hallelujah. I'll I'll show you deep things, deep 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 things in the way. And many of you, by the time I'm done with you, by the end of the year, some of you will start. Also, for, I, I want to start Bible school. You know that you, by the time you realize, you see that no, Hallelujah. Yeah.